Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners out there, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Guys, if you haven't already uh, hit up something for Mother's Day, and I know I'm hitting you up late for this. Strange Brew's got a lot of great gift ideas on top of, uh, you know, the coffee. You know, if you got a if your if your wife if your mom is a big coffee drinker, they got a lot of stuff there: mugs, machines, things of that nature. On top of, just get them some coffee. So if you're here in Starville or in tu- Brupolo, there in Tupelo, you know, it would be sort of weird if Brupolo was in Bahalia, Bruhalia. I don't know. I don't know if that would work or not. But wherever you are in the great state, just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com for to order. Probably a little late for that on the uh, on the Mother's Day side of things, but. We'll take it where we'll take what we can get. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. Again, Mother's Day. It's this weekend. How have we let it slip up on us, guys? I feel like we've been so uh preoccupied with baseball and how that's gone that uh we, we've let it slip. Don't don't be that guy. If you can get over to one of the two locations, the college corner in the Jackson area, they're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, they're in Florida by the half shell. You can always pick up some great maroon and white merchandise for mom. Uh, this weekend. So check them out. And of course, you can always shop anytime online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco, Starville's newest and best Mexican. It's not the newest anymore. I got to remember. Chipotle is open, judging by the traffic. Uh, but it's still the best. It's still the best. And it's definitely the most unique. You're not going to find a Mexican restaurant like Humble Taco just about anywhere else. They've taken your favorite Southern classics and turned them into Mexican favorites. It's great stuff. It's fried chicken, fried catfish, uh, smoked pork. All the stuff you associate with a great soul food restaurant, but they've turned it into tacos that you can't get anywhere else. So next time you're in Starville, come grab a seat on the patio, enjoy a handcrafted margarita and some great Mexican food that's a little different and a lot delicious over at Humble Taco. Where are you thinking about heading for lunch today? May I suggest Firehouse Subs? Download the free Firehouse Subs app, place your order online, and it'll be ready within minutes. And the best part of all is the Firehouse Subs app piles up the reward points for you like nobody else. If you like eating free sandwiches, and who doesn't like free? It's everybody's favorite four-letter word. Then you're going to like Firehouse Subs. Locations in Starville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, uh, Madison. I'm sorry. Yeah. Floyd and Madison. That's uh, Firehouse Subs. Hey, Robbie. Hey. So here's a little inside baseball. Robbie has no idea what we're going to talk about today. We just jumped on. What's the, he's like, what, What's the difference in any other day? Normally, I at least tell you, like, hey, I thought we'd talk about this, and you're just like, okay, you have no clue. I could go anywhere right now. I could open my mouth right now and start talking about volleyball, and you would be like, okay, I guess I'm, I'm locked in. We will adjust. We will. I will adjust. So we're That's talking what little- professionals do, Brian. That's what professional podcasters do. You are a professional, too, let me tell you. So That's right. I do have one question for you. Yes. Do you know who votes for the C Spire trophy? 
I do not. I don't know what the... Uh... just wanted to see if I could get that in there. All right. I got two, uh, two topics today. We'll do baseball in the second half of the show. You were on earlier today with Bud Elliott on uh, his college football podcast. One of, Bud Elliott, if you're not familiar with him, works for CBS Sports and 24-7. Very, very good college football analyst. And he is a guy, Robbie, that you, you know this as well as I do. You talk about stars matter. Bud Elliott is maybe the godfather of that movement. You know, he is the guy who created the, the blue chip index. If you're not familiar with that, the blue chip index is a tool that measures the amount of talent on your team by recruiting rankings. And no team that doesn't, you know, rank highly in his blue chip index has ever won a national championship in the modern era of college football and recruiting rankings. Uh, it, it goes without saying, stars matter. Bud pretty much changed my mind on that topic about 10 years ago. Yeah. A lot of people I mean, it, talk about development, and development's certainly important. But at the end of the day, if you don't have elite talent, you're not winning a national championship. Yeah, I mean, I was all bought in on three stars. Oh. Dan Mullen turned to three stars to five stars. Oh. At the end of the day, when you present the numbers and you show where you have to recruit to win a national championship, there's no way to argue against it. It's simple math. You're not going to be able to argue against it. So, that being said, Mississippi State, not a team that recruits at an elite level. A team that consistently recruits in the 25 to 30 range. It doesn't really seem to matter who the head coach is. You've seen three head coaches in the last four, you know, five or six years, and they all recruit about the same. When you talk to Bud, what was her, his thoughts on Mississippi State? Well, I mean, most of the inter- interview was him just asking me my thoughts. Right. But um, maybe basically, maybe we just went through. Were you, were you able to convince him that a team like Mississippi State, who's not the most elite, talented team, could still be a – maybe not, not win the SEC, but could still be a contender and still be a top 20 team this season? I think he believes that this team could be a kind of a dark horse type team. Um, you know, we went through the depth chart, talked about what Mississippi State was returning, and um, you know, one of the areas that that he really brought up a major as a major concern is the same. You know, him just looking at it, it was the same things we've been talking about for for months: offensive line, specifically the tackles and special teams. Those are the two pieces that Mississippi State had to address in the offseason. They've tried to do that, and we will see if they if it comes to fruition that they've gotten better there or that they've answered some questions. But, you know, we talked a lot about the the special teams and how detrimental it was to Mississippi State's success last year, or lack thereof, I guess, um, that they weren't able – that they were towards the bottom of the country in special teams efficiency. And um, I, I think that, you know, as, as I told him – going and getting these guys and spending scholarships on these special teams guys and bringing in some other guys for competition and moving Eric Malay, it shows that Mike Leach was very concerned with that, just as fans were. And we'll see if it if that group is better, but I think it will be. And then offensive tackles, uh, same thing. You had to go out and get some talent there. You went out and got Percy Lewis. You went and got Stephen Lasoya that you hope to, to compete for uh, a starting spot as well. And, um, you know, that just remains to be seen on whether or not that they can come in there and uh, make a difference for Mississippi State. But I think those are some of the big questions for State to answer whether or not they can do what you mentioned, competing in the top 20 and, and having a chance at a good bowl game. 
late in the season. Did he mention any players specifically that he's interested in seeing this season? Uh, you know, he talked about the who's going to replace Martin Emerson, who's going to replace Makai Polk. Um, he, he was interested to know what those who's going to step up at receiver to 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 make up for those catches lost. I mean, basically, he was presenting the same questions that we've been asking about Mississippi State during the spring and moving forward. Who is going to replace the players that have that are gone? And um, I think we've answered some uh, some of those questions in the spring. I think we've seen Mississippi State um, start to get a little better safety play. I think than than what I thought uh, with Jackie Matthews and and guys like that and the cornerback position. I think Cameron Richardson has answered some questions there at wide receiver. You've seen guys like Rufus Harvey and Rara Thomas and Caleb Ducking and those guys emerge. So you know Rufus first. Yeah, of course. Got to represent. Completely unbiased <laughs> uh, thought there. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going with this question here, but when you talk about Mississippi State, because you and I, you know, we're around this program all the time, right? So not only do we, you know, do we see what what's happening on the field, but we, you know, we we talk to fans. The, the reality, of, and I, I talked about this a few weeks back, the reality of what Mississippi State is, right, a team that returns a ton of production, that found some impact guys in the portal at the positions of need, that brings back a lot of leadership, that brings back a lot of, of stats. The reality of that team is, and, and a team that improved by, you know, three wins, or I guess in reality, four regular season wins. They were a three-and-seven team in the regular season. They went to be a seven-and-five team in the regular season. And the bowl game is what it is. That team, on paper, just a blind resume, you would say they should be better this season. But we talked to fans, and we, you know, we were on the message boards and we we're on social media, and you know as well as I do that there's a, a lot of concern, and I, I feel like I'm putting it mildly there, but there's concern about this team being better this year. There's a lot of people who think that this team won't be better this year, that they, they, they may have plateaued last year at seven wins. When you talk out loud and you talk to people outside of, of Mississippi State, do you find yourself thinking, where are those people coming from? Because, like I said, if you just look at the resume, this should be an eight-win team easily and have a chance to do more. Yeah, and there's no doubt. And that's one of the things when he, when he asked leading into the interview, what, how are fans feeling about this season? Are they excited? And I told him there's a lot of apathy, and he was kind of surprised by that because on the outside looking in, a lot of people believe that Mississippi State can be pretty good this year, maybe not competing for a college football playoff, maybe not competing for a New Year's Six game, but they believe that State can be better than they were last year, which is eight or nine wins. And um, so I think, you know, State fans – you know, at the end of the day, right now, I just I, I think that they're just not as locked in on this program and and on Mike Leach as they should be in year three. And a lot of that is warranted. A lot of that is kind kind of coming off of last season and the end of last season and seeing how that played out. Not having a top twenty five recruiting class, which I thought the recruiting class was solid, and not being in the headlines every day for the transfer portal, which you know we talked about. I mean, state didn't really need a lot of pieces of the transfer portal. They just needed a few pieces here and there. So I think it's just there's just not a ton of excitement right now. There's not a lot of, you know, uh, headline grabbing from Mississippi State. 
But in reality, this team has a lot to be excited about because of what they return and the experience that they're bringing back. And the fact that Mike Leach deserves some credit for being a guy that's been stable throughout his entire career, no matter where he's been. I, I think we should give him a little more credit than that. Um, you know, and he might not have the highest of, of ceilings, um, at, at least not yet, but the guy has, has consistently won eight or more games everywhere he's been. And from year three on is when he's really been good. So I think state fans should be a little more excited than they are right now. But I can also understand a little bit of the apathy and, and also the skepticism that some of the fan base has. Yeah. That said, somebody else is skeptical about Mississippi State, and that's uh, the guys out in the desert. Uh, we saw some odds come out today. Uh, this is uh, from Michael Bratton's Twitter feed, but these are from Caesar Sportsbook. State 100 to 1 to win the SEC, the same odds as Tennessee. Now, I sort of get that because Tennessee and Mississippi State are the only teams that will play, uh, I guess, and Auburn well, are the only teams that will play uh, uh, Alabama and Georgia this year. But Auburn's 40 to 1 and State's 100 to 1. I mean, if you want to explain that one to me, I'll, I'll more than willing to listen. Ole Miss, what, what am I missing on Auburn, man? They're, they're, well, they're, yeah, they're, they're going to be the, the last place team in the West. Ole Miss is 20 to 1. They're the third favorite behind Alabama, who's at minus 140. Then Georgia's at plus 110. Then there's a big jump, but it's Ole Miss and AM tied at 20 to 1. Ole Miss is replacing, you know, an NFL quarterback and a ton of production. And, of course, their best defensive players and, and two best defensive players as well. So that's surprising. And then I, I, I never really think about this, but somebody makes a good point in the comments of this, this tweet. Vanderbilt is 1,000 to 1 to win the SEC. That's very generous. How, why are they even on the card? Well, like, how many simu- – I mean, you could play – you could simulate that season a billion times – and Vanderbilt would never win the conference. Never. They legitimately should be a billion to one underdog. They might not have a winning record if they if you simulate it a billion times. I mean, that's very possible. It's very possible. I mean, in a billion simulations, they might not get to six and six more than five times. <laughs> At best, I mean, that's not even being not even joking around though. But like I said, you know, Mississippi State, a team. It's crazy that State returns the you know one of the leading passers in college football, nearly their entire receiving core, which they added a couple of four star transfers to. Both of their their starting running backs, most of the offensive line, a ton of guys on defense. Where they added again a couple of impact transfers. I mean, I know we'll miss hit the portal hard, but they have so much. We're going to talk. It's about, just the you know. It's it's the Kiffin factor, or what is that? It's not just the Kiffin. I mean, this is this is Ole Miss and Mississippi State in almost every sport every year mm-hmm. it's just a difference and i don't know if marketing is the word but brand or i don't know Ole miss almost always seems to be projected better in everything than they actually are mm-hmm. mississippi state almost always seems to be projected worse than they actually finish with the exception of baseball sometimes i guess but we had this conversation last year after the sec media days yeah when State was projected last in the West or whatever, um, and they finished four and four. Yeah. And, you know, this year they'll be projected sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh, somewhere like that in the West. I've been thinking um, about that for the past couple of weeks, talking about preseason predictions and stuff and, and, and where State's going to end up being predicted. I, I think they're going to get sixth 
but I'm going to predict them at fourth at worst, I think. I mean, I, I'm definitely going Auburn last, but I feel like they'll be behind Ole Miss and LSU. But it really is a coin flip for me between those three teams. And, you know, the, I think the SEC, I think the SEC will pick Auburn over Mississippi State. The you really think that? So you think they'll be getting last then? I could see that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's unless unless the media is just like just and and overly negative. I know about nobody. Auburn. I know nobody likes him. But a few years, a couple years ago, Barrett Sali wrote an article where he said that year in and year out, Mississippi State is the most underrated team in terms of these predictions. That that there's like a three point three position gap between where they're annually predicted and where they annually end up. Now, part of that. And when at the time of the article was sort of skewed because state was predicted last in 14 and finished second. So that's a five point gap. That's, that's, that's a big thing, but same thing as last year, they're predicted seventh. They finished fourth. If state's predicted seventh, I mean, it's just a joke. Yeah, it is. It, uh, no, I try not, I try not to let the bias come through. I really do, but that's just a joke. If state's predicted dead last in the sec West a year after winning seven games, going four and four in the conference and returning what they return they, to, to put them sixth is kind of silly. But somebody has to be sixth amongst, you know, six pretty decent teams. And obviously Alabama's a little bit more than pretty decent. Auburn should be last. You know, I'm just going to die on that hill, I guess. I mean, I've been, I've been sitting here for the last five years trying to convince everybody that Auburn's the most overrated college football player program in the country. People are starting to hop on that bandwagon with me, but we'll see. I, I I, I've been with right. you on that. And right. I think Auburn will be predicted last. I, I'm just I'm just talking out of experience knowing the SEC media mm-hmm. and um you know a lot of them are in Alabama at those things. Oh, you're right. I'm I'm just saying. The Unless they just come in and they're just they're just Alabama overly... magazine will vote for Auburn last though. So we do have that work. Yeah. Out. Yeah. So all right. Let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. Whatever you're looking to cook out this weekend or any weekend this summer, and, man, summer is almost here. If you go outside today, here in Starville especially, the, the first wisps of summer were starting to be felt. And, uh, yeah, you want to get on the grill. You want to put some steaks on the grill, some, uh, some burgers, or, of course, maybe you want to do a brisket, a tri-tip, a picanha, some ribs. And there's just so many great options when it comes to beef. And they've got them at your grocery store, at your local butcher shop. And the Mississippi Beef Council wants you to, to buy those cuts because you're supporting our Mississippi beef producers, 15,000 of them here in the Magnolia State. If you need more information, if you're just looking for recipes, man, go to msbeef.org. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place to find smoked southern soul food. That's the best place, that's the place to find the best smoked wings in town. I'm craving those wings. I don't know why. We just had them last week, but... I may have to do some wings on the grill myself just to just to scratch the itch. Or maybe I'll just go to Two Brothers. I might just make it easy on myself. Just go get a bunch of, of Two Brothers wings. I mean, I'm always craving wings, so, I, so I don't good. know if that's particular. They're so good. Day or what? I mean, it's just that's always me. So that, that's the thing I like the best about Two Brothers, though, is it's just consistent. I have never walked in there and said, man, the food was just not hitting today. They weren't on point today. Every time I've been in there, I'd be like, that is exactly the same as the last time I came in, as the last time I came in, as the last time I came in. Consistency, to me, is the most important thing in the restaurant. They've got it at Two Brothers. So, next time you're in town, or if you live here in town, and you're looking for a great place to eat, I can't, I can't recommend enough Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. They make it easy. 
over at Advantage Business Systems. They offer you great prices, great products, great service. I know everybody offers those things, but do they really? If you own a business and you've ever had a copier go down or a printer start uh, you know, messing up, or maybe you're in old school and you've got the fax machine and you, know, you had to go to office space on it with a baseball bat, I don't know. I'm just telling you that you know it's a pain and that you know what to try to get somebody out there to fix that when you're dealing with these, these big companies. Not so with Advantage Business Systems because you're dealing with your neighbors. You're dealing with somebody here in the state of Mississippi who can help you get things back up and running on your schedule. That's the difference that Advantage Business Systems presents. Call them today and you can find out the same. Number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Let's talk a little baseball, but I want to talk about next year. We've had so many questions. We've had people asking us the past couple of rumblings about this. What is this team going to look like next season? Now, obviously, you know, and it's sort of the same thing we talked about a few weeks ago with women's basketball. Right? The portal exists. Uh, when we talked to Coach Lamonis on Monday, Sports Talk Mississippi, he said that they will be in the portal. And they've got to take into account, you know, the fact that a guy like Brooks Auger, Stone Simmons, unlikely to be healthy, fully healthy at the start of the season or even midseason next year. You think about Auger. You know, it's, it's going to be a while for him. So they've got to go get some arms. Uh, they probably need to look at a catcher in the portal. Um, probably need to look in the middle infield. You know, Jaeger will be gone. He's still got foresight there, and it looks like he's starting to figure some things out hitting-wise, but you need some more guys there. Is Jet Williams going to come in? I don't know. Probably not. Probably when you look ahead to next season, what's, what's the biggest question you have for this baseball team? Oh, there's a lot of questions. I mean – you're losing several players on the mound. You're losing several players in the field and several at the plate. I mean, it's just it's going to have to be a a lot of fresh faces out there, and the and the fresh faces have got to be able to make an impact. I mean, you you can't have another year like this, man. I mean, you you've got to be back into uh, a competitive mode again next year. You cannot miss two regionals in a row, which is where they're heading this year. Um, and, you know, there's some really good young talent. I, I think Hunter Hines, Slate Alford, and Aaron Downs, those guys as freshmen should take a step next year. That feels like the nucleus of the future, right? That feels like yeah. next. And I know he didn't, you know, finish his career here, but that feels like the next sort of, well, maybe you know, Foscue, Westberg, uh, Tanner Allen, Rowdy Jordan kind of nucleus. I don't know who the fourth yeah. guy would be, but that's what that feels like. Yeah, it's very similar. And, you know, you still got uh, Trey Higgins, Revy Higgins um, that didn't play this year, and uh, Bryce Chance, who had some good moments in the in the fall uh, from Madison Ridgeland. He's still out there. I mean, you have some pieces that didn't play this year that can help you. And then you have – you know, Pico and I, I think Jack Walker can, can make a move next year too. But all these other guys, I mean, you know, like Mikey Tepper and Jackson Fristo, what's going to happen with them? Are they going to, are they going to finally come out of their uh, shell in, in their junior seasons? I don't know. I mean, that, that's a big question mark because at this point, every arm that you're returning, it has to be good. You, you can't have, you know, just a bunch of guys wearing a jersey that's not going to help you. And so, like, those are those are guys that are some of their premium arms coming out of high school. That right now, they aren't exactly, you know, living up to the hype. They got to have them step up and, and, and take that next step. 
Um, and, uh, you know, like you said, Stone Simmons and Brooks Auger, you can't expect much out of them next year. You can't expect them to come in and make an immediate, you know, return. Uh, Casey Hunt, I don't know what he's going to do. He's technically a junior. He can go if he wants to. But if he returns, that's a big piece returning mm-hmm. for Mississippi State. And other than that, you're, you're probably losing just about everybody. Yeah. So you're relying on the people that you're bringing in in this recruiting class and also in the transfer portal, which you're going to have to get some major impact players coming out of the portal. Did you? I don't think you mentioned Kellum Clark. What do you? What do you think the future holds for him? Is he back for another season at Mississippi State, or or do you think he might go ahead and start heading out to the to the majors? That's a big uh, unknown. You know, I I've heard that there's a possibility he's going to go, but he can come back and have uh, a really good year as a junior and and still have that leverage. I mean, right now, I mean, I I would say he kind of is what he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I mean, he's, I, I, I think he can improve his numbers a little bit, but nobody really cares about batting average anymore. And he's he's hit uh, double digit home runs this year. He's 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 swinging his bat for power. He's been a lot more consistent at the plate than he was as a freshman. And so, you know, he might feel like his stock is as high as he wants it to be at this point. Mm-hmm. 250 average, which is not great, but like I said, nobody really cares about batting average as much anymore. Um, and he's hit 13 home runs. He's he's right there towards the top of the team in home runs, 36 RBI, 37 hits. I think he can improve those numbers a little bit, but it's just up to him and whether or not he's ready to go ahead and go or if he wants to give it another shot one more year. It would obviously be a huge shot in the arm for Mississippi State to get him back in this lineup. It feels like it's it's going to be entirely based on where he's drafted. Yeah, like he he's a guy who you know he's not going to make up his mind until he hears the the round until he knows what round he's been drafted in. It's not. And I think be. he's I think he's a definite top ten round guy this year. That? But yeah, but I don't you know I don't know. Is uh, he an outfielder he, at the next level? Is is that where he's going to play? I, I think he looks yeah. out of place out there. I think he. I think he. I think when he came to state, we all thought he was going to be a first baseman, and just watching him play in the outfield, it, it feels like he's uncomfortable out there sometimes. Well, I think he was a little uncomfortable too, and and at first base mm-hmm. when he was there. Some, so I mean, I don't, I don't know if he has a natural position, but he's got a. Uh, he swings a pretty good stick. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, they Like I said, that it would be nice to get him. And that's one of those guys, maybe you can get him an NIL deal to return mm-hmm. and make up, you know, whatever money that he might be losing next year. Uh, and I, I have a feeling that's, that's going to be the case for, for a lot of guys. And that, that could be a good enticing move for uh, guys coming out, out of high school too whenever you get here. I don't know if they can raise any kind of money to get a guy like um, Jet Williams to campus, but, I mean, that that guy's probably your starting shortstop or second baseman right away. Yeah. Um, but, they, you know, Ross Highfield, they need to get him to campus, need to get Colby Holcomb to campus, need to get Bradley Lofton from DeSoto Central to campus, um, and the rest of the guys – you know, we'll see. Dakota Jordan's having a really good run. They need to get him to campus. They, they've got to have some impact players inserted into this program because I'm not sure with what they have returning. 
I would feel comfortable and confident that they would be right back in the mix next year. Speaking of guys playing out of position, Luke Hancock, obviously not a first baseman at the next level. Any chance he might come back for one more season to, to work behind the plate and show MLB teams what he can do there? I mean, maybe, but he's getting up there, man. He's getting up there in age. He old man, you know. That, he's kind of like be gray before you know it. He's kind of like uh, Houston Harding last year. You know, yeah. There's just a certain point where it's just time to, you know, you're you're the the game is starting to pass you by as far as your pro career. You got to get in there and and, and get going because. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was born in, in June of 99, so he's 22. Why don't, you just, why don't you just still jump off a bridge? Talk about people born Me? in June of 99 as, as old. I, just want well, to I was born in 89. I'm 10 years younger, uh, older Continue than this Continue to jump off the bridge, sir. <laughs> I mean, I'm starting to feel old too, man. Starting to feel old. Must be nice. <laughs> so. I mean, that, that's that's what I was saying before the LSU series. There's like two or three guys on this roster that were born the last time Mississippi State beat yeah. LSU. Well, uh, who, who among of the guys who could come back? Do you, if I said pick one that will come back and pick one that, you know, you know for sure. I, I guess because I, I know Logan Tanner's gone. Cam James is gone. But of this, you know, Clark, Hancock, um, Trying to think, is there anybody else? I'll I guess it's just a, who's more likely to come Casey back? Hunt. Hunt, yeah, Hunt would be a good one of that group. Who's the most likely to come back? I would think Kellum, just because he has that extra year of, you know, he's a he would be a junior next year, so he's got that leverage. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think you could put a nice nil package together for him. That would probably be my guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Casey, and then. And then Luke. Interesting to see this team next year. And like I said, it's tough to say with with the portal. You know State's going to go in there and get a couple pitchers, probably find a catcher, and probably a couple other guys, maybe a middle infielder. But, you know, we don't have any clue on who those guys are at this time. We probably, you know, get some ideas, go look at some G5 guys that are tearing it up right now, but just don't know. Just don't know. All right. Uh, tomorrow's show, we'll preview the Mississippi State-Florida series. Um, we might talk a little bit more football as well. Plenty to talk about there as we get closer and closer to the start of the season. And you know, I know it's like 100-plus days away, but, you know, what else are we going to talk about? Baseball's going to be over in three weeks. So there we go. Guys, have a great uh, Thursday. Robbie and I will be back with you on Friday. For Robbie Paul, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.